I'm starting to realize that like my desires are really valid yeah. and what I want should be pursued and it should be pursued boldly and yeah. not like, not in this like half ass way that I've sometimes pursued goals because I'm too afraid to say like, I gave it my all and I, I didn't do well, child, you yeah. know? So tell me about that. Like, are you afraid when you pursue things that maybe, oh gosh, all the time. Yeah. I remember hitting send on my application for Columbia. I remember literally the day of, I was like, who do I think I am? Who do I think I am? Oh, haven't we all felt that way? Welcome fam to Depth and Candor, the podcast exploring the many, many ways to live out a fun, fun and productive life. And it's all happening through candid conversations. I'm your host, Hiwa Tegetana, addressing that very question every single time I produce one of these episodes. Like, girl, who do you think you are? Now, I know some of you have reached out to say that you love the episodes, like the last one with Aquia titled How to Fall in Love, because Aquia shared really tangible ways to deal with tough moments and really specific things you can do to go from where you are to where you want to be. And today's episode is going to bring you some more of that, except our topic is very different. Today, you'll learn how our guest built an incredibly powerful company despite the fear, despite not having enough time, despite the overwhelm, which are all things that if you've ever tried to create a thing of your own, if you've ever tried to bring a vision to reality, you will know the fear comes up, the not having enough time comes up, the overwhelm definitely comes up. Today's guest is Sherelle Dorsey. Sherelle is a data journalist, an entrepreneur, and an ecosystem builder. She's the founder of The Plug, which is a daily tech newsletter covering Black startups, founders, and innovators. Let me say that again, because girl is popping. She is the founder of The Plug, which is a daily tech newsletter covering Black startups, founders, and innovators. How dope is that? She's currently studying data journalism at Columbia University, and this is all after she spent a few years writing about people of color doing really powerful things in the tech world for platforms like Fast Company, Black Enterprise, The Root, and Redox, just to name a few. If you've listened to earlier episodes, especially the one titled How I Discovered My Purpose, you know that I'm an advocate for millennials of color to understand how tech is going to change our economy, keep changing our economy because it's already started. And it's changed how we think about the quality of our lives. And while I in no way expect everyone listening to be interested in entering the tech world, I think it's imperative that we understand the rapid, rapid ways that the technology industry is affecting how we live our lives. A super easy example of this is Uber and Lyft. Just a few years ago, none of us used an app to call a cab, but now we do. And did you know that by 2022, we expect to have driverless cars? That's four years away. That's crazy. And why is that important? It's important because if you ever thought you could use Uber or Lyft as a side hustle, or if you do use Uber or Lyft as a side hustle, 
that might no longer be an option. So for those of us who want to live vibrant lives because we have the privilege of thinking about that and spending time crafting a career and a a life that we love, we need to accommodate for the changes that technology is gonna bring into our worlds. As you'll hear in Sherelle's story, she is powerfully human in her approach to life and her career, incorporating tangible self-care practices, intellectual rigor, and humor into her life. And I couldn't think of anybody better at bridging the information gap between millennials of color and the tech world. Her story will encourage you to follow your own vision for your life and give you resources that make the tech world much more accessible than it can sometimes seem. Here's Sherelle telling us how she got involved with the tech world in the first place. So, you know, growing up in Seattle and going back to my love for Seattle, I grew up in a very sort of like high tech environment. Um, Just being, you know, 45 minutes away from the Microsoft campus. um, I learned how to code in high school as part of an incredible program called the Technology Access Foundation, which um, after school, uh, during during the semester, we'd learn different programming languages. And each year we would be prepared to take on an internship. So I did all four of my internships in high school school at Microsoft. So it gave me a really great lens and look into this world of technology. Um, I got to work on a diversity and inclusion team. I got to help manage a lab and um, I got to work on a marketing team. So I got exposed to so many different, you know, divisions of Microsoft products. So I graduated from high school and went on, you know, to college and wanted more of a creative outlet. And so When I look at the plug, it's kind of been this culmination of my life's experiences Mm -hmm. into this idea around how do I better represent the individuals that have contributed a great deal to my life. Um, I have, you know, cousins who are Georgia Tech grads in mathematics. They have, you know, masters and PhDs in computer science and all these incredible people that I've always, you know, either been around or heard about or had some sort of connection to. And I felt like when I'm looking at tech news, because that's just something I've always tried to keep, stay on top of, um, primarily because tech has drastically changed the way that we that we live in the world. It's changed um, governments and cities from the way that we, uh, you know, we we uh, move about cities to the way that we, you know, purchase property and run our it's daily lives. Our economy, completely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see it just sort of as this kind of overall encompassing um, thing. And so I always like to understand, you know, what's going on who are the power players and I really got exhausted with subscribing to a bunch of different news sites and um and even just daily tech newsletters that sort of always you know mention the the usual cast of characters from Zuckerberg to Musk to Gates to whomever and I very rarely saw women or people of color and I thought this doesn't make any sense because I literally like just met with, you know, an engineer or had friends at Amazon who were also doing incredible things around hackathons for communities. And I thought, well, why aren't we, you know, looking at the kind of work that they're doing? And um, I started asking myself those questions probably about 2013, 2014. Um, and I started pitching stories. I thought maybe I can start writing about this, maybe interviewing um, individuals just even outside of sort of these main tech hubs and starting to cover some of the work that they're doing and um, had no real skills. I love to write, but I, I didn't know much about, you know, developing a source or what have you. But 
a couple of people just started letting me, you know, letting me do my thing. So I, you know, started off with Black Enterprise magazine. Um, actually, Darren Sands answered the phone and was like, hey, yeah, you know, here, take on the story. And I was like, okay, all right. Now I got to figure out how to do this. I have <laughs> He's, to figure out how to write. All right, I got to figure out how to write. <laughs> and so he's since uh, moved on to BuzzFeed, I believe. And um, that was kind of the, the pathway that has led me to now publishing pieces at Fast Company, um, Next City, which is an incredible solutions journalism-based publication, um, Atlantic City Lab, which is all about cities and equity. And so um, I started to just sort of develop this this niche for myself because there weren't a ton of people who were, I think, covering specifically what does innovation look like, you know, outside of Silicon Valley and then also that are run by, you know, people who don't get covered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I started thinking about the plug, I probably spent about a year thinking about how could this work? Um, who'd want to read it? Uh, why would they want to read it? And sort of how can I also source, um, you know, interviews with interesting people? So when I launched it, it was very scrappy. And from there, I just, I started telling about my adventures. Um, at the time, I was traveling a lot. I had interviewed Steve Case from, uh, who started, co-founded AOL back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I got these just really amazing partnerships and opportunities that I wanted to talk about and explain and share, um, especially as like virtual reality and artificial intelligence, all these big fancy words. Like I, I just, I felt like I want to be able to break this down for individuals who like see everything happening, but they don't know how to interpret it. Um, and and then we just, you know, every day, just I started sourcing, you know, five top stories featuring people of color that may have been missed in the news, um, and then doing kind of mini interviews and writing that in my intro as I'm saying, "Hey guys, I'm off to this conference, and this is what I'm going to be learning about, and I'll see you tomorrow, what have you." Um, and I was working full time. I was at Uber for about a little over a year, and then I was um, at Google Fiber for a little under a year. And every day, I would either work on the newsletter at night or first thing in the morning before I left for the day, and you know, get back and like keep, you know, rinse and repeat. Um, and eventually I started bringing in a few dollars doing different events, specifically in Charlotte, cause there wasn't a huge like tech scene specifically for people of color. Um, so that's kind of how I was able to start bringing in some, a few coins to the plug and <laughs> brought on an incredible editor, Tyler, um, who helps with the day to day. So as I'm in school, she's kind of running and pushing things out and, um, yeah. yeah. I'm always impressed by stories like that because I think most of us, when we start something new, um, are so consumed by the fact that we don't know what we're doing. Oh, for sure. That thinking about growing it or bringing in money is this like super foreign and kind of difficult concept, right? So <clears throat> even with Depth and Candor, I've just now started doing affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. And... <clears throat> Before that, though, I was like, no, 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 this isn't good enough yet. Like, when it's better, I'll do this. When it's better, I'll do this. So talk to us. Like, how did you figure out, no, this is lit. Like, I'm going to bring in money. Gosh, I don't know if I ever really had that moment. Mm. Um, I think I had a I had a friend who was running his own digital sort of uh, magazine. And I think one day he was just like, you know, you got to create scarcity around the opportunity that people can have to partner with you. And, you know, and I, and I, I helped do a couple of partnership things uh, with Uber and my role there. So I knew how to pitch. I knew how to, you know, develop 
a sort of a rationale for why it would be beneficial for people to partner with me. And I mean, at the time, again, you know, I started with maybe like 50 subscribers, had to work my way up to like three or 400. So I still felt like I'm going to need more numbers. Um, but I started thinking about what is the value and how do I talk about and communicate the value and get those early adopters who were like, no, we want to ride with you because we see what you're creating. And then I created more of an offering around the value of what this is. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that gave me the the confidence to go forth. And also I had, I, at this point in time, especially with interviewing people for the last couple of years and writing and building connections within tech, the tech industry itself, um, I had people that I could reach out to you know, directly and just say, hey, like, this is what I'm doing. What do you think about this? You know, would you want, would you be interested in advertising or would you be interested in, you know, sponsoring one of my events? Um, actually, that actually happened with uh, Luma. Uh, I wrote about Dr. Paul Judge in, in um, Atlanta who has, I think, created and sold maybe two or three high-tech cybersecurity companies. Um, oh. He's definitely like Steve Jobs, but with coding skills um, of the Southeast. And I did a story on him for The Root. And months later, um, as he was marketing his um, cybersecurity Wi-Fi device, um, and I was launching the Black Tech Charlotte Initiative, you know, presented by The Plug, you know, his company was one of the first to say, yeah, we'd like to sponsor and we can do a giveaway. Um, so that, you know, worked out in my favor um, because I had that relationship and I was all, also able to talk about, like, this is who we're reaching. Um, so that... I think those early small wins also just gave me the confidence to say, hey, like, I can still keep going. And, you know, clearly, if I can do one, I can do two. If I can do two, I can do four. And so, um, I mean, you know, business development is always such a challenge, especially when you're you're trying to create the product as you go. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's that's always hard when you know, you want, you almost have this sense of like, this is your baby. You want it to be perfect as you're delivering it to the world. And you're always challenging yourself creatively. You're challenging yourself, especially when you start bringing people onto your team. You know, you have to also think about what is my leadership style? How do I ensure that the individuals that are supporting me and working for me also feel valued? And they feel that the work that they bring to the table um, is valued and that they feel like they're, they can also be decision makers. So balancing all of those things has probably been the hardest part of this. Yeah. Um, but it's also been the most, I think, growing part as well. So it sounds like you are, have been able to grow the plug while also making it's kind of like like you've been able to do the creative side mm -hmm. while also doing the business side. So you're creating new content, you're finding new people, but you're figuring out ways to generate revenue and you're making personal decisions like, hey, I'm going to go back to school and yeah. I'm going to start a data journalism program. And then there's life. There's like our family, our friends. How do you balance all of that? So I don't know if I would really call it balance. Um, I just really try to prioritize what's necessary when it's necessary. Um, and so that's a lot of words to just say like, Every day, I just try to do what I need to do. Um, I I do try, and, and I think I think one of the biggest things is like creating time for myself, right? As well, and like kind of managing, engaging my emotions as well. So, you know, it's easy to do the whole like I'll sleep. You know, I they grind, I or I I grind, they sleep kind of scenario. And I know there's this whole culture around like can't stop, won't stop, and I believe in that to an extent, but not at the cost of like my personal sanity. I you cannot <laughs> understand how much I appreciate you saying this. Our last guest on this podcast was Jovi and Zane, mm. and I was talking to her about that about how I feel like I must work all the time. Yeah, and she was like, for what? 
Right. <laughs> she was like, no, why, why would I sleep when I'm dead? I'll sleep tonight. Like, I'll sleep why? tonight. Right. And so, I mean, you know, for me, it's like, well, school is a priority. You know, I only have my programs 10 months. So I know that I signed up for an intensive program for a reason. I could have done it part time, but I knew that I wanted to kind of get in and get out and be able to continue to grow the plug. And I know that the plug also takes precedence. I know that it's people asked me um, when I announced that I was going to school, like what's going to happen with the plug? And I knew that it wasn't something I could drop. And so having a support team has been vital to that. You know, I still have quarterly tech events in Charlotte. So I have a team. I've been learning about like growing and asking for help and hiring people to help me where I either don't have time or I don't have time to learn how to get something done. So whether it is Facebook advertising or like having a friend help me like redesign the website and and do uh, things on growth marketing, like I know that managing all these things at one time takes tremendous strategy. And sometimes that means paying people to, <laughs> to get things done and to help manage that part of it. Um, and then, yeah. And then in terms of my own personal life management stuff, like doing things that I love to do because it is hard. It is hard to try to like get up every day and be smart and engaged and ask critical questions and be curious when you're just like, I want to stay at home and I'm I want tired. to watch Netflix. Yeah. I think I like watched the Blacklist Marathon. Like I just marathoned <laughs> that for one weekend. I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to think about the plug. Like and like and like my my like taking a break could still be very different. Like even if I am vegging out on Netflix, I'm still like, okay, this is what I want to do next week for, you know, for the plug or here are the individuals I want to chat with or I'm setting up a sauna and getting my week organized so that way when I do get back out of my like period of rest, I'm ready to go and hit the ground running. Um, and again, like I don't know if I balance well all the time, you know, my family is still in Seattle, so I try to at least call my grandparents once a week or once every other week, and that's a challenge. Um, I have nieces and nephews that I love being a part of their lives, but right now I can't be as engaged and as involved. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the hard part, but when I kind of have one of those introspective moments, I think, wow, Cheryl, like you're doing the things that you say that you want to do, and it's not always going to be easy. Do you feel overwhelmed ever? How do you handle that? Oh, all the time. Yeah, all the time. Like, uh, as we were talking earlier, I had an emotional moment on 129th Street of Frederick Douglass. <laughs> this happened <afternoon. laughs> <we> all. <laughs> like, just like yelling and crying and just, you know, just, just feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Feeling overwhelmed. And I think that, you know, pulling myself out of that requires kind of changing my perspective like hey Cheryl everyone is rooting for you you know sometimes you feel like I'm alone I'm doing this myself like my family really doesn't understand what I do they'll show up but I never get the call that's like are you okay how was finals week did you get everything done do you feel like you did well you know everyone's like you know championing but at the end of the day like your dreams are your dreams and yep. you have to make the sacrifices and and have the have the emotional intelligence to sort of walk through your life. And, um, you know, and I think also, like, I have to remember I'm not a machine. And, yeah, if I spend a week only getting three, four hours of sleep a night and I'm working all the time, by the end of the week I'm going to be depleted. And that's okay for me to say I'm going to take a Saturday and I'm just going to chill for a second. 
Self-care has been such a big topic for people of color, especially women of color lately, and I am here for it because we work so damn hard all the time. If your idea of self-care involves cozying up with a good book, or maybe you don't really want to read, you want to listen to a book, Audible is offering all Depth and Candor listeners one free audiobook if you sign up for a free 30-day trial by going to audibletrial.com backslash depth and candor. I said this in our last episode too, but I love audiobooks because they're so convenient and they make books so much easier to consume. Again, you can get a free book and a free 30-day trial by going to audibletrial.com backslash depth and candor. Now, back to the show. Just before this episode, you and I were talking about how you've pitched people that you thought were interesting and you just wanted to like grab coffee with them, yeah. right? So can you share that with us? Like, how do you do that? How does one reach out to a mentor or um, someone that they admire to say, hey, I would love to learn a little bit from you? Yeah, I think um, I think it's, it's a process over time. Um, I think... I think you introduce yourself quickly and don't assume that anyone has time for you or cares about anything you have to say. <laughs> okay. Like truly, I mean, you know, I think people might give you time in the form of, you know, I can email back and forth with you or, you know, I'll be at this event, you know, come, come hang out. Um, but, you know, definitely give people that option. Um, I think that if you are, if you're even having an event, you know, extend an invitation, you know, I'm working on this. I know that this falls in your wheelhouse of the work that you're doing. Um, I'd love to invite you, invite you out. Um, I think you'd get a lot of, you know, satisfaction from it. Um, and then one thing that I learned, especially, you know, in my early twenties was about sort of being of service first. So, you know, saying, Hey, you know, I, you know, I follow your work. I met this person. I thought that they would, you know, this would be a great introduction. So I wanted to connect you to, um, and then, you know, people will remember that like this random individual, like just helped me out. Um, I think for me, because I was doing a lot of freelance writing, you know, before it was kind of easy for me to make contacts because I would say, Hey, like I'm looking for someone to, you know, contribute a quote on X, Y, Z topic. And, you know, I followed your work for a while. I think your ideas in this, this, in this space, you know, are pretty like revolutionary, what have you. And, um, I'd love to speak with you for 10 minutes if you have the time. And then I kind of let people say, Hey, do you want to meet up? Or I'm going to be in town. Do you have, you know, do you want to meet up for coffee? But I don't go right away into do you want to have coffee kind mm. of thing. I try not to because I know that's always a request or can I pick your brain and there's no real directive and people hate that. But make it short, make your ask immediately, make it sweet and, you know, and then allow them to tell you yay or nay. And that's fine. I, and so what's the rate of people saying yes? I typically get a lot of yeses. <clears throat> Really? I mean, I think I probably got one no two weeks ago with a, a company I was pitching to for sponsorship, and it just didn't fall in line with what they were doing. And I was like, I understand. Um, so even when I'm like negotiating partnerships, a lot of times I try to find out first, like, what's important to you? Because then I can kind of customize and wrap my pitch around what I know is significant to you and sort of how we're furthering that goal together. Um, and, and so I've, it, and some of it just takes practice. It takes time. And um, I think also if you do have a good mentor or you're learning from someone who might, you know, publicly share their tips and tools, like 
take that and even say, hey, you mentioned doing, you know, this and I did that. And here was the result. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I look forward to continuing to following your work. So that's how I um, got my leak to be on. Did I tell you the story already? No, I love my leak. I know. So <laughs> my leak, what my leak teal is the very first guest on the Depth and Candor podcast. Oh, that's awesome. And it's because I wrote an article on all of the personal branding things I've learned from her. And I shared it with her team and they were like, oh, this is awesome. Like if you are interested in interviewing her, like she's available on these dates. Yep. It was that easy. Yeah. So I, I really, I like the idea of never saying, um, can I have a lot of your time, right? right? Like, cause that's what makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable asking people for their time cause I know how busy I am. Right. Like I can't imagine how busy they are. So how do you define living a vibrant life? Like what's a good life look like to you? I'm still such a flower child. Like as, as like online as I am most of the time, I am a person that will take a journal or a book to the park and just sit and write or read or people watch. And You're my soulmate. That's yeah. how I am too. Like I'm really connected, but people are always surprised to find that no, like I really love not being connected. Right. Yeah. Those quiet times and moments. Cause I feel like that's where I do my best thinking. That's where, that's how I get creative. I get time alone to think through my thoughts and my life and, and then, you know, that whole idea around like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And you have to have time to reflect on that, I believe. And um, so I love those moments. And I love traveling. I love traveling to places and staying in boutique hotels. And um, I went to Cuba by myself in February and just spent like a week just chilling and walking around and like buying ice cream and just like I love that having like my own time to like check in with myself. When you think of the future, do you think like, Oh, I need to learn how to balance several things because I want a family too. That's, that's something I think about. Yeah, because I'm like, I feel like my life now, and I don't want to say stressful because I, I, I'm very grateful for the life that I have, but realizing how much energy it takes to not just manage your own life, but then also the life of a child yeah. or a significant other and you having to be all of these things to all of these people. Yeah. But, you know, and I think, again, that's where like the prioritization comes in, comes into play. Um, Jennifer Daniels from Get Color Stock. I mean, I remember her saying she's a wife, a mom, she has two kids. And I remember, you know, her saying that she'd been pressured, gotten all these pressures from investors to continue to scale the business. And you know, she's like, we always think of scale as just grow fast and wide. And she's like, for me, like scale is being able to be more efficient and get more of my time back. You know, she's like, I can't scale and run a X thousand member, you know, sort of um, entity. She's like, I have kids. I have kids that need me there as mom to teach them how to like navigate the world. I need, I have a husband that I have to like love and support. And I just thought that that concept was just incredible because I'm like, yeah, like why, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And for me, it is, it is definitely contributing value, but it's not at the expense of me living my life as I think happy and um, exploratory as possible. So, you know, my goal again is, is definitely to grow the plug. But if I have maybe 10 members on my team and we can, you know, create incredible content and um, incredible insights for individuals and continue to like have that as an, a, a tremendous resource and I have dope people working for me, I shouldn't have to work a hundred hours a week mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. 
It just doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> well, you know what strikes me as really interesting in this conversation? You do a lot of things that I'm afraid of doing. What like, do you mean? What does that mean? <laughs> I really respect that you went to Cuba on your own. I love that you were in Charlotte and you needed a job and you weren't intimidated by the words Uber or Google Fiber or mm-hmm. whatever. You just went for it. And that's something I'm learning in my life where mm. I'm starting to realize that like my desires are really valid yeah. and what I want should be pursued and it should mm. be pursued boldly and yeah. not like, not in this like, half-ass way that I've sometimes pursued goals because I'm too afraid to say like I gave it my all and I I didn't do well you know so tell me about that like are you afraid when you pursue things that maybe oh gosh all the time I remember hitting send on my application for Columbia I remember literally the day of I was like who do I think I am (laughs) like I'm not gonna like my undergrad grades were shit like you know like I'm they're going to laugh me out of the, you know, the admissions office. Um, And I remember that fear almost taking the place of my opportunity. And, um, and obviously I I submitted it and I got in. And I remember just that moment of, wow, you almost sabotaged yourself, Sherelle. The worst anyone can ever say to you is no. Um, and, And I don't think it's just a, you know, go hard, go fast for your goals. I think it's also the preparation too. And my friends, when I only told a few people that I was applying and my friends said to me, like, you've done so much. Like, look at the body of work that you've developed over the last couple of years. Like, of course, they're going to accept you. And I think about I think about how that has to play a big role in how we pursue our goals. Right. You can't. I think like in my early 20s, I just kind of, you know, went for broke. And now there's so much more wisdom and strategy behind my decisions and what I go for, because I know this is what I bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And so I automatically assume that people will see my value and my contribution because I've I've I got receipts (laughs) like I got those receipts. So now I'm not just like, you know, coming from it is like, I I think I can. think I can, but it's more of, no, Cheryl, like I've done the work and now I'm ready for this new challenge. Um, but every time that I have literally almost opted myself out is exactly when I got that opportunity. And so I just say the more you do it, the more that you just go for it. Afraid or not. Yeah, it is. It's do it afraid, do it afraid. And then I think it's not even just then getting the opportunity, it's believing that you belong there. Mm. And that's where that kind of imposter syndrome, I think, can really stifle us. Tell us some resources. What If we're interested in tech or entering the tech space, what should we be reading? You should definitely be reading The Plug, of okay. course. Subscribing at theplugdaily.com. Shameless plug for The Plug. <laughs> Um, I think there are there are some great newsletters out there. Um, some of mine are, are super data driven, so those can be a little bit nerdy and, and into the weeds. But um, there's a great site called Data is Plural, um, and that kind of shows all the cool data sets that um, from just either government agencies or whomever has created a, a really dope database around people and behavior. That's really cool. Um, there's some sort of easier ones that give you kind of the top ten you know things that are happening. From uh, Fast Company has a really great one geek wire which is based in seattle and um those are some of my top favorite ones uh you know obviously tech crunch what have you but i think the the best way to really get into um 
or in Bloomberg, of course. But I think the best way to start learning the language is, um, you know, podcasts, just more podcasts. I mean, you have the Wall Street Journal does one in five minutes or less, um, even NPR. About tech? Yeah. Yeah. And they give you the latest tech news of the day. And um, you can you can listen to it, in, you know, as you're, you know, hopping into the shower. How can the Depth and Candor community support you? I think first, you know, subscribe to the plug. I think one of the great things that we do is every month we have a survey that goes out to our readers and we ask them, what are you looking for, you know, from us, um, from a content perspective? Um, Some people may say, I want more virtual reality news or I want X, Y, and Z. And, um, you know, for us, it's not just a one-sided, we're pushing this out, you read it and that's it. It's, It's really about communication. And then it's also... For us, that's how we get introduced to other interesting people who may not live in San Francisco or may not live in New York. But people introduce us all the time to, you know, folks in like Milwaukee or like Cincinnati who are working on interesting projects. Um, And that's how our community continues to grow. And that's how we continue to have insights. Um, And then also just like being on the podcast today is such a blessing. And it's such a help when, you know, more people can know about the plug. And um, it's also just great to be able to be a, a human being and have human conversation and you know, I think we glorify people who are starting and creating things. Um, so I think knowing the, being able to talk about the process and the challenges and totally. the balance or lack thereof um, is so freeing for the most part. So I appreciate, I appreciate the I'm invitation. so happy to have you here. <laughs> um, where can, how can people connect with you? So um, we are on Facebook at The Plug. You can sign up at thepluggdaily.com. And then on Twitter and Instagram, we're at underscore The Plug Daily. What if they want to connect with Sherelle? personally? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always good for a good tweet. So just Sherelle underscore Dorsey um, on Instagram as well as Twitter. And then my um, my website, SherelleDorsey.com, is the best way to reach me. Can you believe you and I met on Instagram? We're Instagram That's friends. awesome. We're Instagram <laughs> Do it for the gram. Do it for the gram. I love it. Most I of my friends too. now are Instagram friends. Really? Instagram or Twitter friends. And there you have it, friends. I hope you got as much out of this episode as I did. I would love to hear your top takeaways from this episode. If you'd like to share them with me, please tag me in your Instagram posts. I love that you did that last time. My handle is at H-I-W-O-T-E dot G. I'll be sharing my top takeaways and how I've been applying the lessons I learned from this episode in my newsletter. So if you aren't already on the mailing list, get yourself on that list by going to depthandcandor.com backslash subscribe. That's where I share everything I can't share in a single podcast episode. And you'll also be the first to know when I do new things with Depth and Candor, which I have some things cooking, you know what I'm saying? So to be the first to know, uh, join the mailing list. And finally, if you loved this episode, please rate it on iTunes or Stitcher so more people can find us and join our community. Okay, see you again in two weeks. Bye.